Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Blame Me. And if you're watching the video, you can see me, Megan. And then you can also see me, Melissa. You're just going to pretend you weren't mouthing along to everything I said. How can I pretend when it's being recorded? You went off script, so then I had to stop. The first few things you always say. FYI, everyone, this whole podcast is scripted. Mm -hmm. We memorize it. We so good. Yeah, we actually like we don't write the script either, though. No, even the calls fake. Yeah, no, we have someone like outsource. They like write my lines. They write your lines. They write like the bits for us. They write like the inside jokes that we like plan saying right now. Yeah, this is like we're breaking the fourth wall. Like, yeah, but but we're not. We're not. We're still on script. Exactly. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Line, Uh, (laughs) line. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back. What we're hearing in our headphones is actually them feeding things. Yeah, the producers are. 
like they're also like laughing. They love that. And mm-hmm. they're like, okay, take it from, let's go back to one. And then if I have to pee, I'll be like, can I get 10 more? Yeah. No one gets that unless they work in the industry. Okay. Well, it's a funny joke if you work <laughs> in the industry. <laughs> 10-1. On this podcast, if you're wondering what this is, we give wonderful, amazing, life-changing advice. And you might be wondering how we are qualified. Because you look at us and you go, mm. beauty and brains? Mm-hmm. And one of you has a butt? It's real thick. And one of you is really tall. That's what she has. You, you have, have long, what's the word? Graceful legs. I'm going to say like the old lady or like gams or whatever. Yeah, is gams, gams your whole leg? You got them gams, yeah. The whole leg. Mm-hmm. Like hip to foot. Mm-hmm. I also have a broken toe. And a poorly healed other broken Did toe. You wrap, wrap it? No, it's okay right now. I'm not walking. Uh, yeah, that's true. It's the walking where as soon as, as, soon as you let me I know. I need you to get the little splint. You can get that on Amazon? Can yeah. I get that at Target? Maybe. You can also just get like like a popsicle stick and just put it right there and then wrap it around. A it. very tiny popsicle stick? Like break it. Ooh, splinters. So all of that being said, we're qualified because when we were both born out of the same vagina, clearly, mm-hmm. three like, might call them witches came and they were all in like their primary colors, these like cute little old ladies and they gave us these blessings of magical powers. Yeah. And then there's a poison apple, but I don't really know where that falls no, in the lore. This isn't frozen. This is a uh, spindle. You're going. You, That's what I'm saying. Am I, I think I'm mixing, conflating too. You're mixing Snow White and whatever that bitch, Sleeping Beauty, whatever Aurora name is. Aurora. Yeah, you're mixing the two. Okay. So, so yeah. Spindle. Spindle. Mm-hmm. And so she was, they banned all of them from wherever they were. Yeah. And then, but then she, well, Aurora found it and touched it. And then it happened. Mm, drama. Mm-hmm. And then drama ensued. You know what I think we should bring back? Thimbles. I love the word. Well, I, you can play Monopoly. Yeah, but no, just like the concept of like, oh, when I'm sewing, I need to put this like metal cap on my finger. That was impressive. <laughs> if, if you watch the Patreon where you can see the video version, you know, we both always get those random chills at first find. That was actually, I think that might've been your number one. Yeah. You need to get your iron checked. It's iodine. Iodine? Mm-hmm. Fluoride? Are those... In no. the same Mm-mm. field? I mean, they're both chemical elements, but no. Because fluoride's for your teeth. Iodine is what you drink when you have to go get an MRI. Yeah, but it's also like something that you should have a balance of in your body, which is why some salt is fortified with iodine, and I don't use salt that much, so. Oh, that would make sense. I'm a salty girl. You know how I know I'm a salty girl? Or I like slept weird last night and like I didn't get enough blood flow. My left hand... I woke up, it was so fucking swollen. Not my right hand, just my left hand. Could not get my ring on this morning. It's fine now. Totally fine. My hands are numb every morning because I sleep on top of them, like under my pillow. I you don't sleep know. face down, ass up? I do. Naked? And I don't, uh-huh. And I can't... <laughs> You're asking for those ghosts. <laughs> I want them. She's a suit. I don't know why. No, like, I know no you do. No one takes me seriously when I, I say this. No, no, things. sadly, I know how serious you are. <laughs> like, I I know. Um, And ghosts and aliens and uh, anything supernatural, really. And the funny thing I'm is... I'm going to send Oh, that'd be so hot. Think about it. I want it. I, I, I regret asking. <laughs> I regret asking. Move on. Think Move that. on. Think of it. Half man, half horse. Well, here's the thing. I hate horses. Yeah. I hate horses. And don't but horses have like huge fucking dicks? The lot, the, that's what I'm saying. The lower half is horse. So. No, I don't. 
that's too much horse. <laughs> that's like, it's too much horse percentage towards man. Like, and also like the man is so far away from the horse. <laughs> like from me, when that is happening, like I'm getting all horse and I'm getting all underside of a horse. And like, but you're, it's not really underside because the top part is still man. The top chest is man. How fucking flexible is this man? And how small is this horse body? That's what I'm saying. Like, you're going to have to like, no, I don't want hooves. I don't want hooves in the bedroom. I really don't. And I can't repeat. I can't stress enough. They're taking you horsey style. <laughs> the hooves are on the floor. <laughs> or hanging off the bed. It's just like a broken horse. But also, horses are covered in hair. But. Like centaurs aren't from the waist up. Yeah, but do you know what catches? I'm sorry, if straight, if a fuck ton of straight men can't wash their ass, if you combine that with a horse, that ass has never even been washed. There's no chance. There's no, there's not even a small percentage. Oh, I make sure they bathe before. You're going to wash your centaur in your bathtub. Also, the whole straight men thing is white straight men. Well, yes. So, I also have a theory about that, which so I was going to think centaurs fit into that. So they might wash their asses. I need a, <laughs> I need a, I need a non-white centaur. Cause I mean, I guess that is true. Where does, where, where do, do they, a centaur fall yeah, what, on the spectrum they, of white supremacy? Right. Where, where, what do they identify as? Who, where were the centaurs? <laughs> <laughs> were you clopping around (laughs) that's so fucking funny but yeah i think it's yeah makes sense to me it makes complete fucking sense also because like like, and it's funny because like in specifically in the black community we have something like when you go take a shower like you're told you're like said like did you wash your ass like like, or you say, I'm going to wash my ass. Like, that's a, a slang for, like, I'm going to take a shower. Yeah. So, like, we're very specific that asses are getting washed. Well, and also, like, white people don't use, like, washcloths. I know. Like, that's not, that's, like, a foreign I know. kind of thing. I know. Like, and, like, I remember one of my best friends growing up was Jamaican. Her mom, like, you know, what that, like, if we would go in the her pool and we would, like, rinse off afterwards she was like no 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 get your ass in the fucking shower yeah. and would throw and she was white but like she was like she spent a lot of time in jamaica but even with that i was like i was like oh okay yeah this is this is something that you do because it's like but like when when you coddle straight white dudes that much like no wonder why they don't think their shit stinks you yeah. cut off their foreskin and so <laughs> they they literally think that they don't have to do anything because like it's just par for the course. If you're not circumcised, you'll get at least like one and one shitty infection. Mm-hmm. And then you never, you never like, you never do that again. Yeah. And then those people actually like bathe more and like clean themselves. Yep. No cottage cheese. No. Well, no cottage cheese, but also no mac and cheese packet smelling dicks. Yeah. Ugh. Anyways. So if people want to call in, what do they do? Well, it is a call in advice podcast, which I don't even know if I said at the beginning. You did. Great. Um, you can call in. That's exactly what you do. You leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976. And international listeners, you can just send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. You have to be 18 or over, have your parents' permission. We ask that you let us know like your ages, if you want to let us know your pronouns. It's all anonymous. So if you have fake names for people that you want to use, that's helpful for us to follow. 
Let us know their ages. If you're about a relationship, how long have you been together? Give us as many details as possible so we can give you the best advice because otherwise you have to fill in the holes. And we might, we said we're great at giving advice. We didn't say we're psychic. Though I do think if I tapped into it, it's there. But you only have three minutes to do all of that. So we advise that you write everything down. You time it a couple times. See where you're falling. If you need to add more details, you've got extra time or less. If you're under three minutes and you have more details, include them. Then we just ask you to read that out loud when you record the voicemail or you record the voice memo. If you do a wonderful, fantastic job, you might get a diamond. They come few and far between these days, though, because it has to be like above and beyond at this point because everybody's like doing well. So I have to raise the bar. I will say, though, on where we had the, the call with the girl who her friend was like a pathological liar. A lot of extra time and I would have wanted more examples. Yeah. A lot of people, again, the timer doesn't start until after Megan's voice is gone. So don't press start until then because mm-hmm. I would definitely just be paying attention to like what it said on my phone. Yeah. So those are the instructions. May the odds be ever in your favor. And it's all anonymous. So you get as freaky deaky as you want. <laughs> Give us the goss. We love drama. We love drama. And hey, we're in a post-vaccine world. So tell us about you getting fucked in a barn. Yeah. Where's that girl? Do you think she's still in the barn? No, I don't think she's. I think she stopped listening. I think she did too. And then left us a bad comment about choices. Yeah. You know, we're we're not ashamed to say we do play favorites, though, for letting into the Facebook group, so... We've had a couple of people who are in our Patreon who are like, oh, I'm not in it. And we were like, oh, you get to skip right to the front of the line. Mm-hmm. So if that's the inner circle, if that's something that it's really uh, something you want, I'm just saying, I, I know what guy I can, you know, you know, smooth over Hold the on. security. Yes, they're telling us that we can do that. Great. Perfect. Cool. HR is cool with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Legal. Legal is fine. Yeah. Um, and the writers of the show. Cool. Yeah. Got it. Great. Okay, cool. So yeah, we'll just go into the calls. <laughs> Maybe we should get Britney Spears headsets for this. Cool. I love we can that. do it. Hi, Megan Melissa. I'm 19 and my pronouns are she, her. I've always been labeled as someone that had it all together. I was a mature for her age child that got along with adults, always took care of myself, got great grades, kept everything organized, and had my whole life planned out basically from the moment I started forming thoughts. Now, not so much. I messed up horribly when I picked the college I wanted to go to, and ever since, I feel like my life is falling apart. I realized early on that I hated the school and everyone there, so I came home. I enrolled last minute to online community college and got a job. I made a ton of new connections through work, and I started going to the gym. These things sound great, except during the past couple of months, I started experiencing severe burnout. I spent all of high school working hard to get perfect grades, and now I can barely open my computer to look at my schoolwork. My job went from being fun and refreshing to feeling like an obligation that drains all of my mental and physical energy. The gym was great with a great break from stress. I said, now I can't even talk myself into driving there. I don't like being back home. I don't like feeling like I'm just existing to pass time. And I don't know what to do with myself. The life and career that I spent 15 years dreaming about don't interest me anymore. I just want to feel a genuine connection to something again. And I don't know where to go from here. I'm looking into transferring to another school for my junior year of college so I can get some semblance of a college experience. But none of the schools I'm looking at feel right. I don't want to fail and I don't want to get stuck in my hometown with nothing to show for myself. Please help. I can really go in on this one. 
as it was call was happening, I go, thank God we have two people with two different life experiences giving advice here because we have a trouble in class detention kid and then we have a gifted kid. So as the gifted kid, take it away. Okay. So I also was someone that had all these plans and stuff for my life, much like you, like very involved with a lot of things around town, having a job also when I was in college and just like, you know, things, things seemed like they were going great and they weren't. And uh, yours, yours kind of, you know, hitting that slump before mine did. I was 21 and I was almost done with college and in a degree where I studied biology in a degree that I don't use anymore. I don't use it all. And it it was it's not true. You answer random questions I have all the time. That's true. Uh, <laughs> no, it's and that's my favorite thing is having <laughs> questions and then like you just answer them. It's great. That's true. But since you're 19, you have you have a little bit more flexibility here. I was stuck and I couldn't get out because of my major. But like I crashed. And when I crashed, I crashed hard to the point where I didn't leave my apartment for a few months. I felt very lost, like you said. Like I was president of a couple clubs and I just like stopped doing that and stuff. And that was my first bout of depression. And when you're the person that always has the answers and always people always look to you to be right and people always look at you as the shining example for everything, then it is tiring and you don't know it until you're going through it. And I thought that I had to be perfect for everybody else and I wasn't being perfect for me. And Mm -hmm. I also realized that there's no such thing as perfection. It gets tiring. You cannot plan out every part of your life. You cannot, no matter what path you're on, there's just not like, you have to be flexible. People would see me as kind of like a role model for their kids. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I felt like I had to be perfect all the time. And that's why like people say now, like, you're such a great role model. First of all, I'm not you you don't get on my TikToks. Um, second, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, quick way to find. But second, uh, I don't want to be somebody's. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. They, it's a lot of pressure, and they expect perfection. Yeah. So I want to tell you that, like, it's okay. Like, you need to, you can take some time for yourself. You can slow down. Like, there again, there's no such thing as perfection, so you do not need to strive for that. If like you're in your degree and you decide this is not what you want to do, don't do it. I was taking classes like for fun. I was taking writing classes and uh, I took an acting class. I took a lot of classes that were like in the fine arts department. And I went to my to my advisor and I was like, I don't I'm I don't want to go to dental school. I don't know what I'm going to do. And she looked at my transcript and she's like, you take all like these communication, writing, all these classes, like for fun. What if you looked at that as a career? And I said, I'm supposed to be a doctor. I'm not supposed to be, you know, I'm going to Hollywood. Like I'm not Hollywood. Right. I'm not supposed to be in the arts. The and she's like, okay, just like look into it. So I did. And I came out and worked on some student films and I really loved it. So I think it's just about finding something that you love and it doesn't necessarily have to be what you're studying in school. Just kind of look at the things that you like, things that you enjoy. And if 
like going to school and doing that and you figure that out, great. If not, take a lot of schools now. When I was in school, they didn't, but now they offer this as a degree. It's like you can just kind of get like a degree in everything Hmm. where they have, I I forgot what it's, I think at the University of Arkansas, I believe it's called like a university degree. Like that's what it is. And it can be in everything. If getting a degree is important to you, then see if they have something where it has more of a broad, expect where you can just learn about a lot of things and if you're not going into something that's specialized as a career most degrees don't even matter like what you get your degree in it really doesn't matter you can also go to most grad schools with whatever Whatever. undergrad degree you have as you take whatever the prereqs yeah the the prereq prereqs and then like Let's say if you're going to law school, you got to take the LSAT or whatever. As long as you can get those yeah. to pass it, then it's really whatever. Yeah. So as somebody who was not a gifted kid and didn't have that experience at all, and someone who failed regularly, failure is inevitable, but it's also a muscle. Mm-hmm. Like nobody likes to fail. Nobody is good at failing the first time. Nobody, regardless if you're gifted or regardless of or or if you're not like it's because society we've put this huge pressure even if you can't live up to it and if it's a standard that you can't achieve so it's something that you need to practice and you need to not be afraid of because when you don't let yourself fail and you don't like seek out failure like you need to seek it out to get comfortable with that feeling if you don't do that the stakes are too high for your like literal everyday life like Mm -hmm. your for your fucking own body and your like cortisol levels like when you're so afraid of like misstepping or doing something that could be perceived as wrong or or again like a failure like you're going to not do anything like that is a that's an immobilizing feeling and i think like honestly like trying anything i think like a great way to like just kickstart failure is you know you, you don't have to do it in like a auditioning for a like an acting role or a school play or a community theater but even just taking a dance class or taking a class for something that you've never done before that you're not automatically going to be good at and if you are automatically good at the first thing go cool putting that in my cap for later and I'll come back to it but I'm not doing the, another class of this like you need to seek something out that you're not good at and it doesn't matter that you need to like then become good at it it's you need to fail and then you need to show up again and then you need to maybe fail again and then show up again like it I promise you as somebody who like (laughs) auditions for things it's the first fucking audition I went on I bombed it it was horrible and I would have never gotten the role but I was devastated devastated now I'm like okay some I'll be more upset with with others if the like the project and the writing is good it's like a bloody nose it's not convenient it's not my favorite thing ever but like I forgot about it 20 minutes later like I've moved on. It doesn't halt my life. And you have to also figure out what makes you happy. And again, I don't relate to the like perfectionism in like the success in like everybody else's eyes. Like I was really hard on myself, but it wasn't so like linear and obvious. But I've had to like, even now, I, like I had this like realization a couple of days ago where I was like, what do I do that makes me happy that I don't place like, value on my performance of it Mm -hmm. like what and like what do I what do I do that makes me happy that I don't try to monetize that I don't try to make a part of my career that I don't give myself a pass or a fail in my active participation in because like then it's not making me happy then it's a test 
And I'm I'm setting myself up that I'm allowed to be happy if I do well. But if I don't, like, but then it's like, what the fuck are we quantifying? Like, right. this is happiness. So I think you need to also figure out what makes you happy. And I mean, again, this was me like three days ago. I had an existential crisis listening to a Taylor Swift song and I go, oh my God. So I'm still, I'm like trying to think of those things too. And that changes as we get older and things that once made us happy before that we liked before, you're going to change. Your interests are going to change. Your friends are going to change your relationship. Like everything is going to change. And that's a good thing. Like, and if it makes you feel any better, not only are there so few careers that you can actually have that can be your dream from a child that can come to like total fruition through like schooling and not just sheer luck and privilege, but also a lot of people who are in those career paths that have dreamed of that since they were like a little kid and all of that, a lot of the time people felt like they got too far along and they might not actually it might not actually be their current day dream. Like what your dream was and your plan that you had when you were 10. Sure, there are people whose plan was to be a doctor when they were 10 and now they're in their 40s. That dream might've actually died when they were 20. But that's where they are at that point. And that's just a personality thing. Some people's personalities and whether it's their upbringing or just like who they are to their core, they're able to compartmentalize and just be like, okay, power through, like that's okay. And other people can't. and so. Don't try and make yourself those other people. Cause like if you could, if you could fake it, if you could do all it would have already happened. Right. Like this is this is who you are. And I think this is a really great indicator for you. Maybe even just an insight of I don't know what the specific field was or what that whole plan was, but if it was something really like rigid and analytical or mathematical or like something like science, math or whatever. Maybe it's representative that you actually like something that's a little more fluid, a little more artsy, like something that's a little more creative, a little less black and white. Or if it was something like creative and artsy, maybe your brain is craving some like very black and white analytical thinking. Mm -hmm. So try and based on what it was that was the goal and the end game, see if you can deduce what you might actually be interested in from there. Right. And also the end of the plan is like death. (laughs) So like when you make a plan, no, no, but like when you make a plan of like, this is like how my life is going to map out and all the stuff that I want, like there is no like destination or end of anything. So like, it's okay. Well, it's not the end of college because it's about getting a job, but it's not about getting your first job. It's getting a promotion. Then it's getting your second job. And then it's being this and it's having kids. And that's all of this. It literally just like doesn't end. And you can't reach that goalpost because again, like it just ends when you die. Mm -hmm. Like it will, it will only ever end when you die. And then you're not giving yourself time to actually enjoy your life. Yeah. Yeah. Too many steps. I do want to just touch on something for calling things failure for you, like work as a, like saying failures for me, it doesn't. (laughs) I don't like the word failure. I always see like them as learning experiences or I take something. But do you, the feeling of failure. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I didn't get that, but like I learned this from it and I can take that to the next thing that I do. I think that's the aftermath of something that you didn't succeed. Like for me, that's like if I, I do an audition and I absolutely bomb it, like, you know, same thing with like a test. If I failed the test, I'm like, okay, well, here's what I wasn't good at on this thing and all of that. Like it is like a learning experience, but I don't think like for to me, like a failure is not a state of being or like a you either succeeded or you you failed. Like because it's a passing 
feeling as a result of something that then I have to See, you know, learn from. Me. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Like even like your example of like you take a dance class and yeah. you're bad at it. I'm like, but did I have a good time? That's... Did I move in it? Like I did something. I was even able to do it. Do you, how long have you been like that? Always. Oh, that's impressive. That's very, very impressive. I think and like people are like, you're so easygoing and stuff. And it's like, I just like, I take experiences and I take something from it. If that was in like your specific field or something you were interested in, would it have that, would you have the same feeling? Like if you, when you were like a pre-dental kind of stuff, like if it was like a dentist thing or biology thing versus like a dance class thing, would you have like, well, I had a good time because I was there and it was like a fun experience. I mean, like, when I was like, there's class, there were some classes that I wasn't good at. And I was like, well, I'm just not good at that thing, but I can take something from this and then, you know, use it wow. for something else. Or I know that isn't for me. Yeah. No, that's ridiculously impressive. That's very, very, very impressive. I have a hard time with like, if I'm not good at something the first time I do it, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't like doing anything that I'm not good at. I don't like doing it, but it's still like an experience for me. No, that's that's yeah. how it should be. Like, that's very, very like very, I have to push myself to. I mean, certain things I love enough that like, I mean, auditioning and act, it's like a toxic relationship. Yeah. Like you keep going back for more. But for other things that I'm not like immediately good at, I have to push through for that. But that's very impressive. Or I'll do something that'll make me better at it. Yeah, that's very impressive. I literally will give up like two yeah. seconds. And it's kind of like like with with um gymnastics I wasn't good I, the only thing I was really good at is like tumbling mm -hmm. and so I knew that like I would never be like a gymnast gymnast but like then I took the tumbling into cheerleading yeah were you do you think that maybe it was you had like obvious like skills and things that you knew you were good at in multiple like fields and avenues so it didn't feel like everything was all in one basket yeah yeah that makes more sense to me then because then it's like you are aware that you're well-rounded mm -hmm. do you know what I mean mm-hmm yeah, I used to say I was a Jane of all trades. Yeah. Before. Your parents put you in a bunch of different stuff growing up. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's important. That's Yeah, and really also because we moved around a lot, so we kind of had to do, like, what was there and then what was seasonal at the time. Yeah. When you're exposed to a bunch of other different stuff that you can also, not that you can rein, you reinvent yourself, but, like, you have to also know yourself well enough to kind of, like, pitch yourself to new schools mm -hmm. to, like, fit in and, like, assess the bigger picture of like the lunchroom who's here who am I going to sit with and like yeah. getting being able to read people you also have to know yourself pretty mm -hmm. well wow maybe that's the key we just as children need to move around to uh new schools <laughs> and be in lots of different extracurriculars okay all right uh next call hi Megan and Alyssa I just want to say I really appreciate the podcast and all the help you both give us I've learned a lot from just listening and decided it's time to call in about my relationship Basically, I feel like we should break up, but we live together, and he's really struggling with depression right now, so it doesn't feel fair to do to him. I'm 25, she hers, and my partner, let's call him Rob, is 28, he him. I've wanted to call in for a while about a relationship, but I feel like I know what you're going to say, and I've been scared to hear the answer. We've been together for about a year and a half and have already broken up twice. I broke up with him both times because I felt like I was taking care of him and he wasn't investing in our relationship the way I needed. We're in couples therapy because when we got back together, I demanded it before we moved it together this past August 2022. I've been in therapy our whole relationship, and he has recently started. After listening to the call about how it's a trauma response to be taking care of someone else, 
I realized that's exactly what I've always done in our relationship. I'm a therapist myself and I have a lot to give in our relationship and I feel like he only takes. What triggered this call was that we have opposite schedules and barely see each other or spend time together anymore. Even when we're home, he chooses to spend time alone. Like tonight when we have planned to hang out, I cancel plans with my friends to hang out with him and he just plays video games and just an out. I went to bed upset and briefly mentioned it when he came in to say goodnight, probably because I didn't say goodnight as I usually do because I was pissed. I've been working on talking to him more when things like this come up because I have OCG and an insecure attachment style in relationships. I never feel satisfied with that relationship. I'll always come back to him because he changes when I tell him what I need, but only for a small time and it goes back to normal. He's very depressed right now and going through a lot of his own trauma processing and work burnout. I've tried to be there for him, but I know it's dragging me down because he can't give me what I need. My friends and sister all tell me that he doesn't treat me well and that I should break up with him. It's different friends from different groups that all feel the same way. I've just always seen potential in him and as my therapist pointed out, I really struggled and missed him when we did break up. I know we have put in a lot of work and tried really hard, but at what point do you guys think I should walk away? I don't feel right leaving him in such a low place because he doesn't have many people to support him. He just got off his toxic family. We also live together and our lives are so intertwined that I feel stuck and don't know what it would even look like to break up, but I know I'm not happy and haven't been for a while. My God always tells me that this isn't the right relationship for me. I just don't know how I wanted to pull the plug. I really do love him and care for him deeply, but our relationship hasn't felt right for a long time now. I'm pretty sensitive, but I know I need to hear the truth from you. Please help me figure out where to go from here. Love you guys and thanks again. I'm glad you called. And let's just say first step, you called knowing what we were going to say. Mm -hmm. So you can add us to the list of the countless people who have told you that you need to break up with them. Right. You could use a little glitter gel pen with our names right there. This is, I mean, you know how many red flags this is. Like as somebody who like loves couples therapy and I think it's great. If you've been dating for a year and you've already been in couples therapy and you've broken up twice and couples therapy was a like a rehabilitation for like the issues in your relationship versus two people who independently go to therapy and then decided that they wanted to, which, you know, I'm not here to judge anybody, but like, that's very like a new age LA thing of being like, oh, like, let's go to couples therapy the first, like we're both like, that's like, you know, you're 40 years old, like, and you're doing a lot of intentional things like this is, it was a response to issues in your relationship. Yeah. And I think that you're viewing that that time and like money and energy that you put into it as like an investment into the relationship versus an investment into yourself. And that like, you don't want it to be like a sunk cost. But this is like what you were saying before, like, this is the example of a learning experience and not like, oh, I'm going to avoid these relationships in the future. But I think like he served his purpose, which was also, you know, teaching you what you're attracted to in relationships and like what you're like, oh, I tend to like want to take care of people. And is that able to pinpoint these things that you've noted that you need to work on in yourself? But you already broke up once and you missed him and you got back together and you literally broke up twice. Oh no, but so you said the last time that your therapy you had you had were really sad and you missed him. Now you've gotten that part out of your system. And you specifically said like he'll change, but then he goes back to normal. 
Like, yeah. so this is who he is and you know that. You know that. He doesn't even want to spend time with you. You cancel your plans tonight. Sounds like you're calling us from the closet. Well, I know. Because you said you went to your room. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing you didn't want him to hear because he's in the other room playing video games. You called us when you're supposed to be out on a date right now. Yeah. He is a grown man, not your child. It's not your responsibility to take care of him. You can care from him from afar. But at the end of the day, you have to worry about you. And this is not healthy for you. I also don't think it's healthy for him. Like, if you think about it, you're like, well, I don't know what's going to happen if I, like, leave. I don't feel right leaving him. Do you think that he wants you to stay for that? Like, if you weren't, if you're not into the relationship, if you think you told him, hey, I want to break up, but I'm going to stay because I think you're, like, emotionally, like, unstable right now. Do you, if he, if, do you think that he's going to be like, good, I want you to do that? That's manipulative. Or he says, I don't want you to do that. Like you're, I understand like you're, you're concerned for him, but like, why aren't you worried about your concerns for yourself? Yeah. Who's, who, who's thinking about you? Exactly. I kind of like, this is, uh, this is for anybody in a relationship, like something to ask yourself. And it could be in friendships too. Like, why are we together right now? Not like the potential or like what we had in the past. Why are we together right now? Yeah. What's his answer going to be? Because I love you. Okay, then how are you showing me that you love me? Like, what what are you doing? I, I'm trying to invest and do things for this relationship. What are you doing for this relationship? And then for you, why are you still here? Because you're scared because he's in a depressive state and you don't want to leave him because he doesn't have family around. But what this, what is that doing for you? And... When is that going to change? Mm-hmm. Like, when does that circumstance, at what point are you going to be okay with that circumstance? Is it when your mental health is plummeted? Like, so do you, you can't do you see that anything. as a necessary evil to, like, you need to get to that level before you can, you have to get to rock bottom before you can help yourself and prevent that from happening? Mm-hmm. I'll also say that, like, depression and mental health is, like, obviously a very, like, shitty thing and tricky thing to deal with alone also in a relationship and I don't want this to come across for people who like are like dealing with depression or have a partner dealing with depression but your partner shouldn't be able to eradicate your depression Mm -hmm. but your partner should not be a source that you need to escape from that is like a major factor contributing to your depression like your partner, all relationships in your life should be the bright spots. Right. They shouldn't be the same part of the dark spots. Like my favorite fucking part. I mean, I love that we, when we get to the pod on Tuesdays and we I have human interaction, but like every night, my favorite part of the day is when Moss comes home from work. It's like the slate has wiped clean if I had a shitty day or if I was mental health wise, like was not feeling great. Like he and I both have like our favorite time mentally. Like I am the best when we are spending time together. Mm-hmm. That's how a relationship should be. And of course, there are times where like you don't need to put on a happy face for your partner if you're dealing with a lot of stuff. Like you're allowed to be depressed. You're allowed to like feel melancholy, feel sad and process those emotions and feelings. But if your partner is not a bright spot and that bright spot doesn't have to pull you out, it doesn't have to pull you out. But like if it's sucking you down or it's just still a pocket of darkness, 
that's a problem there because that's not the right relationship. And regardless of your mental health state, if he's at a point where there is no, there are no bright spots, there are no interactions, there are no TV shows, there are no songs, there's like absolutely nothing. He can't be in a relationship and he needs that, that it needs to be like, you need to talk about like a serious, whether it's a medical leave of absence and like an inpatient or an outpatient facility. But like, if the things that you love, yes, some things don't bring you joy anymore or diminish it. But again, like if it's not like a couple shades brighter with the things that you love, that will only bring you down because then you're going to start viewing yourself as this like happiness suck too. Mm -hmm. Because him not wanting to spend time with you when in all of like, but in all of this shit, like you're not intentionally, you're going to start feeling like his poor mental state and his poor outlook is the result of you and your presence. Mm -hmm. I firmly believe as a depressed person that like, I do take onus and responsibility to make sure that I don't make anyone else feel like my state is the result of them. Like, Mm -hmm. It's my responsibility, no matter how shitty I'm feeling, that I, if some person, if the person thinks that they did something or it's their fault, I, it's my responsibility to immediately reiterate that it's not that because I don't want to pull you down with me. And if he wants to do that, that's a, that's, that's not poor mental health. That's manipulative. Right. And also when I'm in a depressive state and somebody like, how do I say this? I hate when people... I hate when people feel like they need to f- be around me to fix me too. And I don't like, I ha- like, there's n- no feeling that I hate more than that. Like people that think that they have the ability to fix me. Mm-hmm. And again, so like, if he's like working on himself, and then he also like wants to be in a relationship with you, what is he doing to keep you as far as like a relationship? Yeah. Yeah good mental health is not like a destination. Mm -hmm. And so when it's like, oh, I want to fix this, that's also my stubborn ass like kicks in. And I'm just like, why do you think that this is something that can be fixed? And like, if we can't coexist with like my bad or my dark days or whatever, then like, that's a, then this isn't gonna work. Like Mm -hmm. I can work, I work on managing it. But if your goal is eradicating all of that, like that would be great magic wand, but that doesn't, that doesn't exist. And that can get into like a stubborn, like tug of war yeah. of that. Yeah. And I would think it'd be hard. No offense. I think it would be really hard to have a partner who, while you're dealing with mental health stuff, who's a therapist. I think that'd be really hard for both parties. Yeah. So you need to break up with him. You said like, I don't know how I even do that because our lives are so intertwined. You just do it, it. Yeah. If you think he's a danger to himself or others, then you report that. He cut off his toxic family. Don't call them. Mm -hmm. Like, don't do that. Like, there are professionals for a reason. Is the system perfect? No. You also know that. But this isn't working. Yeah. So there's only so many options that you have. And it's going to suck. But you end it. You find a new apartment or you move in with a friend or a family member. And you create a boundary where you're like, I care about you, but this relationship is not is no longer serving me and it's not working for me. I wish you and all the best. It's also not serving you. Yeah, and I wish you all the best, but you're not available for late night calls. You don't continue to be in contact. Like you need a clean break. And again, if he is a danger to himself or others, you call and let someone know. But if he if somebody gets broken up with 
getting dumped and broken up with does not create like suicidal ideation that's not there. So it's not your responsibility to halt your life and to change everything. In this case, to quote unquote, fix somebody who, if his mind goes to really like really hard, dark places, that's not for you to take care of. That's for professionals to take care of because that's not because you broke up with him. That's because he's struggling with other mental health issues. And that's above your pay grade, even as like a therapist, but also like as a partner. Yeah. Like it's it's never the result of that. And like, I know that you're, you know that because you're a therapist, but I remember like younger, like people would threaten to harm themselves over breakups all the time. And it was like, you know, it's a very scary thing. And then you get older and you realize you're like, oh, somebody who is like doing well mentally doesn't do that. Like mm -hmm. that's actually not a consequence of a breakup. Like that is something that's an indicator of a much bigger issue that I shouldn't feel responsible for if something were to happen. Right. But I'm sorry. And I hope we were sensitive enough. But you, you knew. came here and knew what, what you're getting into. You acknowledged it. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. Wow. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood-rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time, and I just got my... I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a, 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 a secondary of my package, and I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function, there it's like elixir from the gods i cannot sing their praises enough specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is 
delicious. Like it's, it's so good. I've even like had it on like ice and been like, I'm drinking like a drink drink. Like you can throw a little straw in there. Oh, and, and it's, it's delicious. It's so good. And I just, I love, they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like, you know, medically need some electrolytes, but also if you're working out, if you're sweating hot summer day, you're going to an amusement park, you're on your feet for a long period of time, all of that. Um, most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need. Yeah. I drink mine specifically when I am working out. It's my beverage while I'm working out. I just take one stick of the hydrate, mix it in with my bottle of water. 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there. They also have the all-in-one shakes, which I absolutely love. I'm running low, so I got to get some more. But um, I love the chocolate bliss the vanilla cream the caramel sundae i have all three of those flavors sometimes i mix and match them sometimes i'll use it when i'm baking or i'll just drink it straight and it is they're so good they have a triplex protein blend plant-based proteins that include pea brown rice and pumpkin that makes it so delicious you can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have three tins, four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code Blame Me right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code blame me. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about book of the month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available and I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is it's kind of like a a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like 
this, I like all of them. This is hard. And I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like, okay, so these are like my top ones. I'm assuming they will be yours. So don't pick the same one as me. So then we can swap afterwards. And that's what we did. So we got the Ministry of Time by Killian Bradley. And we also received The Return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The Ministry of Time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from Town and Country saying it's really innovative, fun storytelling. The Ministry of Time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024. And then Harper's Bazaar also said part time travel romance, part spy thriller and 100% multifaceted joyride. <gasps> When I tell you that, I was like, sold. We're also excited about the return of Ellie Black. And this one is about a missing girl who returns. But that isn't the end of the story. It's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work which that sounds so intriguing and I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait and we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor and we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com and you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. back hi megan and melissa i am 20 almost 21 and i use she her pronouns and i'd like advice about choosing to no longer drink alcohol i live in canada so our drinking age is 18 but also just in general people start drinking much earlier than that um, i've always been fine with drinking and going out with friends and i don't have a dependency on alcohol or anything but the last time I was drinking, I didn't have a good experience. It was Halloween and my friends and I were going to go dancing. So I had a few drinks with the rest of them. And while we were waiting in line to get in, this guy, as well as a few of his friends, but in front of us. And when my one friend confronted him about it and said, like, why are you doing this? He um, called her fat as well as said homophobic things to her. And for me, as a lesbian, this sort of startled me because you never really prepared for blatant homophobia when you're just out to have a fun night. And as the more time passed as we waited to get in and with him being so close, um, the more I was overthinking the situation and it felt like I was going to have a panic attack. So um, I needed to leave. Um, a few of my friends and I went home and I sort of had a small breakdown in the bathroom about what he said. And the next day, as I was thinking about what happened more, I wondered if the alcohol had made the situation worse for me. I've never had that reaction before with drinking. I've never like, been stressed out like that. Usually it just makes me more bubbly. But I know that you, Megan, have stopped drinking. And I would just like to know your personal experience with quitting as well as like how to get go about um, doing so, especially with me still being in university and having drinking be a very big part of the culture. I've also been listening to you guys since I was 15, since the very beginning, and I absolutely love everything you guys stand for and the messages, as well as I'm loving um, the new episodes basically every single day. It's what I listen to on my walk to school, so it's great. I love your voice. Yeah. You sound like you would just be like 
I don't know, you would be like the the um like really happy like gopher character in an animated movie, like TV show or movie. Mm-hmm. Like just like really sweet. And I just like loved that. This is like two different things. Yeah. I don't like you saying like you don't want to feel like that when you're drinking or you don't want to feel like that. And that kind of thing hasn't happened to you before. It haven't you haven't experienced someone being blatantly homophobic either. Yeah. And so those are two different things that happened. And even if you weren't drinking, you still could have had those same feelings. Yeah. So I'm alcohol can I mean alcohol's a depressant. Mm-hmm. So emotionally, uh, especially the day after, you that's like, you know, that darkness kinds of kind of sets in. And alcohol can also increase anxiety, but like Melissa said, this was an anxiety-inducing inducing situation because not only was it like blatant homophobia and fat phobia, mm-hmm. but from the seem like seemingly, he just cut you in line right. and was fat phobic and homophobic, and then you can't do anything about it. And so then he was just standing in front of you. Mm-hmm. And then you're about to go into like the same club or bar that he's going into. Like there's no resolution there. Like that is a really, if you think of it like a, a bottle that you're shaking, like you're building up, building up, building up to like there's, and he's just standing there. Like that's an, an explosive kind of feeling that that's, there's no resolution. Right. So there's no like, I, I think there's like an emotional response to those situations where like you kind of have to be the emotional release that's like sometimes people cry when they fight so i don't think that alcohol made the situation better right but i like melissa said like i don't think that you can say that you wouldn't have felt that way if you were sober Mm -hmm. so if you don't want to drink anymore you know, both I rarely drink maybe once or twice a year. You yeah. don't really drink either. at all. Yeah. Um. So that's a choice that, you know, you come to on your own if this is what you want to do. But I don't know if like this incident is a reason to like it doesn't have to be the reason why you stop. Yeah, I think like you said, like they're two really separate things. Mm -hmm. So I think that like if you want to evaluate your relationship with alcohol, I think in general, you don't come to that conclusion without like reasoning. Like that's Mm -hmm. not really the first thing anybody else thinks of. But also you need to do that in parallel with recognizing that like this can happen again when you're sober Mm -hmm. and not putting all of because I think that will actually make you have a much worse relationship with alcohol if you put the responsibility on avoiding those feelings and those interactions on not drinking. So if they happen when you're sober, that can then, you know, then you're like, fuck it. I'm going to like go on a bender. Right. So that you, I just I don't it's really important when you're not whenever you're viewing alcohol is that like you really you really you don't give it that much power. It, it it needs to be like a a I I think a process of mm-hmm. this and like you don't have any dependency so I think that like I I will be very honest like I did not quit drinking in college like or like I quit I talked about it in my book but like I really like quit drinking started off kind of like accidentally because I had no friends and in that when I realized that I wasn't going out like I realized how much I relied on alcohol when I was no longer in situations because I was underage I couldn't buy alcohol 
So when I no longer have access to alcohol, that was a really hard time for me to be like, wow, I have a problem. Like I have this is an issue for me. So that was not like a powerful choice that I made. It was kind of like a shitty, harsh truth of like a side effect of like an other like really rough life period that I was in. But it also like was not all at once. And I think especially when you don't have a a dependency on it, I think like it's really good to just take steps back to evaluate because if you just stop drinking as like, I'm just not going to drink anymore abstinence. It's kind of like sex education, abstinence as sex education. Like you don't know why. And you also don't know like, well, why aren't you drinking? Like what's, what is your relationship with alcohol? How does that make you feel? Like there is no reasoning behind it. So there's no really reason to stick to it either. Cause it's not about like your values or your morals or about knowing yourself. It's just kind of like all or nothing. And that's just not a healthy relationship to have. So I think like it's starting off just by being like, I'm not going to drink for a month and I'm going to, and I think especially like uh, for university stuff, I'm not going to drink for a month and I'm still going to be social. doesn't mean you have to go out to parties, but if you punish yourself and not hanging out with any of your friends, then it becomes, well, now I have to drink to have friends. Yeah. So like it, it's a lot of work to involve that you, you need to, again, if you make alcohol so enticing that it's tied to the only time you listen to music, the only time that you like are dancing, the only time you're doing all these other things that make you happy, hanging out with people that you really like, then you start to think that that's alcohol not those individual aspects. And then life without alcohol means life without friends, life without music, life without all of these other things, which is like, what the fuck? It doesn't have to be that you have, but you have to replace that and like supplement your life with other stuff. Yeah, because like my decision, it came to like a lot of meetings that we here have here um, in Hollywood. There's so much alcohol mm-hmm. at all of them and it's free. Yep. And I did not want to be sloppy like some of my peers that were around me. And I was like, I'm just not going to drink. Like, I'll be like, like today, I don't want to drink. Yeah. And I didn't drink at at one party and I was a lot more present and I had more fun. Yeah. And then and also the next morning, I didn't feel like shit. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of just like, "Hmm, okay. And I did like the next time I went out, I didn't have it. So it was just like something I came to on my own that I was like, oh, I actually have a lot more fun. I'm more present. I can be more social. I remember things better. And, you know, I don't feel like shit the next day. So I'm just not going to really drink. Yeah. I think the whole thing with like, I mean, I'm not a fan of alcohol. (laughs) Like in general, also like society wise, like, it's a carcinogen like it literally causes cancer it wrecks our brains and it's scientific yeah it's scientifically proven and like I'm very passionate about it now and about how like I'm gonna be really honest with like my kids when it comes to drinking about like you know I was one of those people the first time I drank I was like this is who I'm supposed to be and like when people talk about addiction and it's like there's some people who have that switch that flips in their brain addiction runs big in my family but like when I'm like 15 and the first time I take a sip of alcohol, it's like I'm meeting my true self for the first time. That's a really big red flag. And I'm going to tell my kids that, that it's like, that's not true. Like, that's a lie. And that's also a lot of self-medicating that mm-hmm. happens. And our whole drinking culture is like really fucked. So I want to say all of that to begin with, because I'm not pro drinking. I think like, yes, some people can have a healthier relationship with alcohol than others, but alcohol is not, I don't like the word healthy, but in this case, I'm going to use it. Alcohol is not healthy for anyone. 
And like, it's way worse for other people, but it's not good for anybody. But the biggest thing, especially at your like being like 2021, you need to make sure that you don't do is you don't push yourself or put yourself in situations where you're abstaining to the point where then the result is binging. Right. Because binging on alcohol and blacking out, that is a much, much more slippery slope than the casual a couple of nights of drinking because no matter who you are no matter how often you drink there is an innate shame of blacking out and binging and then shame is something you keep to yourself and becomes quiet and that becomes like the cycle of then not telling other people when you're drinking not knowing your own limits and then hiding your own drinking and your behaviors around alcohol Mm -hmm. and that's you need to eliminate shame from this because shame makes you hide and that's where addiction or unhealthy relationships, that's where they thrive. Right. So like Melissa said, like one night that you choose not to drink and then maybe it's another night after that. But A, don't set too large and lofty of goals for yourself without even knowing why you're setting them Mm -hmm. or, and you're not setting, you need to be setting them because you're like, oh, I feel a lot better when I don't drink and I'm actually excited to do this and this doesn't feel like a boundary. I have more fun. Exactly. Like it needs to be like a, it's just kind of a given and that's what's going to happen. And then also- Keep this to yourself. Like I'm all for sharing things with other people, but the peer pressure of alcohol is, especially in college, but honestly at all ages, like I think I it started being a lot less when I knew people who started having kids. That's when people started like giving me less shit. But like that kind of people feel really fucking threatened when someone else is not drinking because they think it means that they have a problem and that's their own shit. But this needs to be a choice that you are making without the influence of other people telling you that you're fine, that it's whatever, that's so fun, like whatever it is. You can confide in a couple of people if you want to and you trust them, but don't also set goals that make you feel like you ha- you're doing, you're upholding them to, to please other people mm-hmm. or that you are doing something that doesn't na- maybe feel right for you in that moment afterwards. Also, it's not all or nothing. And I also think that like you don't have to have a dependency on alcohol or being like, you know, chemically being having dealt with like addiction or alcoholism to know that like you enjoy your life more without it. Mm -hmm. And I think that like you just need to give yourself opportunities to like fall in love with your life and who you are sober and not viewing it as oh, I'm no longer drinking because that will stop me from dealing having being in these certain situations. Yeah. And I think also now for me, when I do drink, it's because I want to just taste something. Yeah. I want to. I enjoy the taste of like whiskey. And so I know I know I enjoy (laughs) the taste. So like I might be somewhere and they have like a good whiskey and I want to like see how it tastes, but I'm not drinking to get drunk. Yeah. That's That's not the goal. And that's the like legitimately that is the only healthy relationship that you can have with Mm -hmm. alcohol. That's it. Like, it's for the taste. It's not to loosen up. Uh It's not a social lubricant. It's not for any of that. It's, I want to see, I want this taste and see how this pairs with this food. Mm -hmm. Like, that's literally it. Yep. That's it. It's like salt. Mm -hmm. It's like salt in food. And that's fucking it. Okay, not for you. But do you know what I mean? In the (laughs) sense that, like, no one wants, you're not just, like, chugging, you know, the fucking, like, little girl with the raincoat and the umbrella. Like, this is adding something adding here flavor, yeah. and it's not, I can't, it can't be too much, but mm-hmm. also probably not even salt because you put salt in everything, but like, like, yeah, maybe like garlic or maybe, I mean, like garlic I, we put powder. a lot of 
things about or like saffron where it's like so fucking expensive that mm, you like one little, little thing every once in a while like a little tiny pinch. little bit not even a pinch just like a little whatever the little yeah little little is. yeah I guess it's a it's string a i don't know oh. what it is i don't know I'm, i don't either it might be it, yeah i mean it's a plant right mm-hmm. or maybe it's like caviar i could go for some caviar right now of course you would pop it on your tongue. italian like something somewhere like a michelin star gelato mm-hmm. like it's something that is like this isn't a part of like not only is it not part of your day-to-day it might not even part of your week your month or your year so she's fantasizing about it now i'm thinking about caviar <laughs> but i think everybody should reevaluate their relationship with alcohol but i do think that like going too far in the extreme of immediately being like seeking out resources when you haven't actually you are not dealing with dependency that of um sobriety specifically and like alcoholism and all of those things that content is written for people who are dealing with like diagnosed alcoholism and like addiction substance abuse and like chemical components of what that does to your brain and so when you go really far to that extreme there's actually not a lot of resources that you're going to relate to and then that can give people a false sense that they have a fine relationship with alcohol so i think it's about reevaluating it as a process not as like a cut and dry yeah yes or no thing yeah because like the answer can still be no mm-hmm. but it's about why is the answer no okay next call i'm megan and melissa i'm 24 she her and the other person in the story is 25 she her so basically i was the maid of honor in my friend's wedding don't worry she didn't pee on me it's not like that it's just a whole different level like type of drama she basically, like, tried to leave her party the night early, like, an early because she didn't want to drive in traffic the next day, and she didn't want to, like, help clean anything, and I told her that it was rude to leave when all her guests were there, and she was leaving at, like, 1 a.m., so she wasn't even leaving, like, in the middle of the day because she was in a bad mood. She just didn't want to drive in traffic the next day because it was a holiday weekend, and no one wants to drive in traffic, but okay. So she, like, did that. And then she was just, like, rude to me. I could go into all the other details of it, but that's not the point of this call. The point of this call is I dropped out of her wedding. We ended up getting in, like, an argument because she said that, like, I was a bad friend. And then I accused her of being a bad friend because the only time she would contact me was for to talk about something for her wedding. But, like, she didn't really value our friendship. She didn't, I feel like she couldn't tell me anything about myself. We've been friends for over 10 years. Like, that's why I was her maid of honor. And, like, basically, it just, like, all blew up, and it was really stressful, and it felt like a big friend breakup, so, because I dropped out of the wedding, but I dropped out seven weeks before her wedding, because I don't want to be in someone's wedding and have to write a nice speech about someone if they're not, they don't value me as a friend, and then they're going to be disrespectful of, like, my parents' house that we stayed up up north and all this stuff. So, I dropped out of the wedding, she's married now. It's like two weeks after her wedding. I'm at my parents' house, and my parents got a wine basket from her, thanking them, like, for letting her use the place up north, like, for her bachelorette party, because I didn't charge anyone for it or anything. And I got a message from UPS saying, I'm also getting a gift basket, so I'm just going to assume it's also from her. But I don't even know what to do. Like, I don't know. My plan was to never speak to her again. I didn't go to her wedding. My parents didn't go to her wedding. Haven't talked to her since... So like seven weeks before her wedding that I dropped out. So beginning of September. So yeah, I don't really know what I should say. My plan was to just never speak to her again because the whole situation blew up. It just felt like a breakup. 
but yeah, I love your advice. I'm a Leo. She's also a Leo, center of attention. Long time listener, literally been listening since the first episode. So I'd love to hear from you guys. And I can give you more details, but that's a song for another time. Candidly, I would love more details. Yeah, because right now, I feel like she was under a lot of pressure from her wedding. And you were there as part of the bridal party. And it doesn't seem like you tried to make things easier for her with the wedding stuff going on. Yeah, I think we need more details. Mm -hmm. Because like... She wanted to leave. Okay. That's not for me. That's not that wouldn't have been an issue. So for me, my feel I I don't know if this is what the caller was feeling. But like, for me, I feel like if I planned a bachelorette party, and then the bride wants to leave at like 1am to beat traffic, I would be like, wow, you'd really like, I might internalize that of thinking that like, you didn't like this to the point where you would rather drive home now at 1am when this is like, kind of feeling like, oh, this might feel like you might have felt like she really didn't have a good time and didn't enjoy that. And like, there's a lot of work that goes into like planning that kind of stuff. But that's also like, we don't know your friendship and how those dynamics are. We don't know your friendship, how the dynamics are. Was everyone planning on staying? Maybe she just didn't want to sleep there. Yeah. And that's like, I think that depending on a friend of mine, Mm -hmm. I could know if someone did that, if that was passive aggressive, if they were like, I didn't have a good time versus like, I just want to like I would I, I would not be offended yeah. if some friends did and I would definitely like feel a little offended if other people did so like you know you know your friendship more. Mm-hmm. How many people were there? Yeah. Did everybody have a bit? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think wedding stuff is just is just hard and like no one kind of wins. Yeah, me and my sister Melanie got in a huge fight the day before her wedding. Yeah, and she pissed me off. And every time I think about it, I'm still mad about it. But we're great. <laughs> That's because there's just... If you've known somebody that long, you might have similar feelings. No, totally. I just think also like bachelorette parties. I think if something is really important to you about your wedding, then... And you have like... If it needs to go a certain way for you to have a good time and you're not just there for the experience of it, like within reason, I think then like you you need to be at the steering wheel of it. But I think if you have really specific expectations and if it doesn't meet those expectations, like you're going to be devastated or it's going to like there's a lot to live up to. I don't think it's fair to put it on the other people who aren't getting married. And so I think that like if she was being super unreasonable and like you felt like so underappreciated, not only as like the maid of honor that you were like bending over backwards, but it was that she wasn't even appreciating everything that you were doing. And then on top of it was like being a really shitty friend. And viewing you as like an employee, essentially, that you didn't even feel like you were doing a good job. That's I could see why a 10 year friendship would end mm-hmm. for that. But yeah, I I would love some more examples. You said that like she was being a bad friend. And then she said that you're being a bad friend. I yeah, I'd like to like what both of the reasonings you had were. But yeah, because I would be like, if we're having trouble in our friendship, or it doesn't seem like she's respecting me then I would say hey why don't we go out to dinner and we're not going to talk anything wedding yeah you know something like that I don't I just it seems like a lot of miscommunication here there's also like weddings do bring out the worst in people and like to what you were saying about like planning things Mm -hmm. I don't want anyone playing anything for me like yeah because I'm very specific about what I like me my birthday every year yeah I'd actually, you know, I'd probably let you plan something for me. 
but that's just because like you're very perceptive. You know mm-hmm. what I like. And even if you didn't know what I like, I you're guess. bougie. And, but I'd ask. Yeah, but you're also like, yeah. I think it has to be like, you have to have a certain level of like, we have comparable taste. So mm-hmm. I know that. My, I mean, kind of like, like for your birthday, I pick like five restaurants. Yes, first, that's what, I was, I was like, literally I thinking of that. Specifically know that you can eat these foods and you like these foods. And, and like you like an ambiance and a vibe mm-hmm. that like, I know that like, your bottom of the barrel is m- more than enough for me. Like, do you know what I, like <laughs> it's that kind of thing yeah. where I go, I know that like you have a, within a threshold, like, but I also have a lot of other friends that like, I know we, we are similar enough that I know that like, I wouldn't be asking you to plan something that you wouldn't enjoy. Mm-hmm. And also that would then be like really hard for you to put yourself in my shoes. Yeah. Like, I think that's the, like, if you're going to have someone else plan for you, I don't think it needs to be someone who knows you so well. I think it needs to be someone who you pretty much have a, a pretty similar baseline mm-hmm. of what you enjoy because you're asking a really fucking big favor from someone. Yeah. And like, you know, when if you have to go out of your way to search for something that is so out of your wheelhouse, that's just so much more work. Mm-hmm. But I will also say, I think when you feel like someone is being a bad friend to you, it's really hard to be a good friend to them. So I think there's probably truth in like, what you both said and like I've said that like when I've had friends who I'm like wow I feel like you're being a really shitty friend I can look and be like yeah I don't think I've been a good friend because I think I'm I'm reacting to the behavior I feel like I'm getting but you might be giving that behavior because you feel like you're reacting Mm -hmm. to behavior I gave first like whatever that is it happens I'm not gonna lie to you I think seven weeks from the wedding dropping out of the wedding I don't think it was the wrong choice to make it's mean It is mean. I don't think it means it's unwarranted or it wasn't, again, it wasn't the right thing to do. But I think like, you know, acknowledging the fact that like, I don't think you should have gone to the wedding. I don't think you should have stayed in the bridal party. But that was in her eyes. It's not hard for her to paint you as a villain. Yeah. I think brides get so snippy. Like, yeah. Weeks before, days before, they're so snippy. Like, I have never been in a wedding where the bride would just felt like she felt like everything was just coming down around her. And the last few days, I mean, like seven weeks, everything to them is just like about the wedding. Like, that's all they think about. And if you're not saying like this friendship is not working for me right now and not and you're not communicating that things do not feel equal and you feel like you're doing more for them, then let them know. Yeah. It's not it's not going to get better closer to the wedding. (laughs) Also, like, it's not going to get better closer to the wedding. Like, it's just not. And like, I mean, I've laid the wedding industrial complex with like you have all these people telling them like this is the biggest day of your life. Like you're Uh the most important person over and over again. And even like family members and like all like everybody has a say in all of that. And so when you're not with that, like you have to know that like you're actually that you're the only voice. Yeah, you're the minority there. And so like you will become like othered in that situation and you know for the some people like you can it's it's not to the level of extreme that it was with her and you can just deal with it but then other times like you can't mm-hmm. but i don't know i mean you're talking to two people who are massive ghosters and i don't think that if someone sends you a gift basket like if you can reflect on the situation and you're like okay i didn't tell you all the details but like i know for a fact that like she was a like i was doing everything i could and she was like impossible to please and she was a like such a like so horrible and so mean and like I like tried everything that I could and like I wouldn't wouldn't give up a 10-year friendship if I 
thought that like she valued me at all and like I'm so hurt and all of this stuff. If that's the case, eat the fucking gift basket and don't say anything. Right. Like I, I've had people who I stopped being friends with who like have like, you know, dropped you know I mean? by a care package yeah. and shit. And I'm like sent a gift and just like Yeah, like it's that's on them. Like mm-hmm. their their goal for that is to be seen. Yeah. And like I'm or, or she might have realized that she was being a massive cunt. Yeah. So I think that like you need to you need to reflect on like what is it that you want here? Like you don't have to forgive her. Like the gift basket is not like if this doesn't compel you to like miss her and feel like you do want to like rekindle or see what how this can work. But like, it'd have to be a pretty fucking good gift gift basket Mm -hmm. if she treated you like shit. Yeah. I actually don't even think like it would have to be like nine edible arrangements. What else? A massage. Uh Uh-huh. One of the salon, one with the salon, the the meat thing that we like. We were talking about. Oh, a sausage. Yeah. Mm. With like a really nice, like one of those crackers that kind of looks like a mini loaf of bread. Caviar. Apparently. Fuzzy socks. Mm -hmm. A winning Powerball ticket. Mine said over there. I lost. Somebody oh, tell Maria did win them. Really? Yep. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. You like, don't. But like, really, if you if you're over this friendship, be over it and enjoy your basket. If you want to still be friends, enjoy your basket and then you know reach out. Yeah, because a ten year friendship, like, I think it's, you know, you don't want to end that lightly. I don't think you did end that lightly. I don't think it's something that you kind of just throw away. Mm-hmm from like one sort of incident. But um, if this was super out of character, I think that like, you know, giving yourself both like the opportunity to like grow and potentially see if there's a relationship moving forward. But just eat the sausage. (laughs) All right, we're going to take another break. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We bet. Ooh. No ghost. No ghost. We're back, though. I was about to say, don't turn me on, Megan. <laughs> I'm complaining to HR. HR? Yeah. Just put it in her file. Yeah. I'll get you another binder. I know there's so many pages. Yeah, it's overflowing. All right. Time for Don't Blame Them. Now, don't blame them everybody, if you didn't know, is when one of you, a listener, will call in with your own advice pertaining to a call we had on a different episode. So maybe if it's a your it's your profession, so you know you have some intricate knowledge or you've dealt with it personally or you've been in close proximity to it, you just have some fun facts or just strong feelings and you love the sound of your own voice, which, welcome to podcasting. Mm-hmm. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm calling for a don't blame them for actually today's episode called Feeling Misled on a Date. I'm calling regarding the caller who called about braiding their student's hair. And I just wanted to call to reiterate what Melissa said. I am a fifth grade teacher and I would never consider braiding any of my students' hair simply because I just would never touch any of my students. I understand that she feels like maybe this family has some backwards view about femininity and masculinity, but honestly, that is not a hill that I'm willing to die and willing to let my career die on because of something like this. Like Melissa said, I think that you're in the wrong for touching the student at all. And I don't know whether that student's parent was mad because it was a braid and it was feminine or if they were mad because you touched their child. Um, You did not have consent to touch that child. And I just wanted to call and kind of reinforce what Melissa said here because that is just something you don't want to get yourself into, especially um, because you get in a lot of trouble. I don't know what the policy is at your school, and I don't know how strict they are on it, but honestly, your rule of thumb should just be never touch a student. You just never know what the student can say about it, even if it 
has good intentions. You just don't know how a student might take the touch, even if it's something simple and innocent. You just never know. I'm really um, concerned about this, especially because at my school, actually my mentor that I work with or one of the mentors I work with, he is under investigation right now for something very simple like this, where there was no ill intentions, but because students see things and maybe see it out of context, they might take it the wrong way, and it could be your job on the line, and I just don't want to see any actual good teachers get in a sticky situation like that. So I just wanted to reinforce what Melissa said, and don't touch students ever, please, even if you think the parents are in the wrong in this situation. It's just something you shouldn't do. Don't ruin your career over something like this. Okay, bye. You were so close. Yeah. I mean, there was a first red flag when you said you don't know what a student can say about that. Like, here's the thing. Yes, like, yes, kids' brains aren't like fully developed, but you can't use the same analogy of men in the workforce saying they're not going to hire women because they don't know what the woman's going to say about I can't talk to women at work because I don't know what they're going to say about it. Like, yes, kids' brains aren't fully developed. You know, they're they, they might be projecting certain things like, yeah, kid might, you know, have some issues at home and might take an innocent touch is something meaning more, but your arguments started to then dabble into not believing yeah. the person who's been touched. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think it's it's about like, yeah, don't touch a student because, again, like the it's not to prove a point about like gender binary. This There's no you don't have much to stand on when you're touching a student, mm-hmm. no matter how innocently. But it's not that you don't touch students because like people are going to think it's not innocent. Like that's not the, that becomes victim uh, blaming and Mm -hmm. then you're not believing children specifically. And that's a, that's really bad. Yeah. Yeah. So just don't touch people. Mm -hmm. Anyone. You can touch adults with consent, but don't touch children. Mm -mm. Yeah. And even like you've, you've got policies at school that like, I always like those videos of like kindergarten teachers that like I'm sure they've got like they got parents signed off signed off on like, you know, we do on the first day of school or the day you walk through it. It's like, do you want a high five? Do you want to do a little dance? Do you want to? And it's like giving people agency for the kind of relationship they want to have. And also, no, there's no precedent for the next day. So like you get to choose. Yeah. Consent to something every single day. And like that's done with parent approval as well as like school board approval. And, you know, those outlines are there for a reason and they're not. I don't mean to be callous. They shouldn't be there to protect teachers from persecution or accusations. They should be there to protect students. Yeah. So I just think that like, I'm a little alarmed about you talking about your mentor. And mm-hmm. that's really, that's really alarming. Not believing kids because you, you it becomes people's not believing kids because their brains aren't fully developed and they're weaker. And then that leads into not believing other people that we deem as more fragile and weak. And that becomes women. And people who present femininely and people who are shorter, people who are small, like it just, and then the other side of it is that people who we view as having power or are loud or confident can, are also just aggressors. Mm -hmm. So that's like a really slippery slope that I feel like you've already slid down. Okay. All right. Well, (laughs) yep, that's it. That's our episode. We hope you enjoyed. 
If you haven't left a review, go do it and go subscribe to the feed so you can hear all of our other podcasts. We have obviously this one, Don't Blame Me. And then tomorrow we have our little extra episode. See you next Tuesday where we catch up on the weekend, what we did, some fun things. The weekend as in Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, but then if you want to hear us actually talk about the weekend with minus a couple sure not- letters on yeah. Thursday, yes. we did bring up the weekend on this week's episode of But Am I Wrong? That goes up on Thursday. And then we read the results from But Am I Wrong on Friday on our Fisting Friday. So if you're still listening at this point, go comment on our Instagram, the ghost emoji, because Melissa wants to have sex with ghosts because she's a little nasty. Or an alien. Yeah, whichever one you prefer. Who would Merman. you like to set Melissa up with? Merman. A, would you fuck a centaur? <laughs> Comment on ours. <laughs> what percentage of horse versus what percentage of man? Yeah. Okay. Uh, back to the review. Oh, yeah. I could not thrive without this podcast from page W1026. Five stars. Eminem never failed to make me laugh. Give me indirect tough love and overall comfort. If you've ever needed advice on anything, you are in the right place. Also, if you're new, start listening from the beginning and listen to all the episodes. You won't be disappointed. Love you guys. That's so nice. Start at season two, but whatever. Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, if you're going to, I what I would recommend, start with our most recent episode, maybe, watch, maybe listen like three or four and then go back to season two and start. Yeah. But like, I would like, yes, the growth is great. And like how we've changed, how our advice has changed is great. But like, I need you to have a barometer of where we get to first before yeah. you're like, mm, I don't know if I agree with, I mean, we weren't we problematic. Change. Yeah, we just like, grow up and, and we learn more mm-hmm. shit. And like, you know, we're, we go to therapy. Yeah. Like we like, we've grown up and learned on the podcast. And we've also learned a lot. I mean, like as two straight cis women, we've learned a lot through the podcast as well that mm-hmm. like, we change the terminology mm-hmm. we use and like, you know, our own experiences. Like the, after that one time that we said that, you know, using Tinder as an app to make friends yeah. in a gay relationship and we said that is sketchy. And then we were promptly and educated that that long ago. and it was like, no, that's not true. We were like, we stand corrected. Yeah. Apologies. And everyone's like, your straight is showing. We're like, I, it, it is. I mean, our bad. Sorry. Yep. That's, that's, that's what it is. And like, you know, there's there's growth. Mm-hmm. There's growth that comes. But also definitely make sure you don't ever skip over the Cammy Crawford episode because yeah. it's iconic. Anyways, that is it. We hope you all enjoyed. And if that review prompted you to leave a review, follow that voice. Listen to that gut feeling, that instinct. You know what that is? That is your manifestation. And in order to manifest your hopes, dreams, and all of that money, this is a part of it. We got to leave a review. There's mm-hmm. like steps to take. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on. It's my ethical scam. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's what I said. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, I'm yeah, for you. sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay, we will see you see all soon. See you next time. Bye. Don't Blame Me is a production by me. Executive produced by Melissa DeMonts and Diamond Imprint Productions. Edited by Coco Lawrence. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. Music by Ryan Hunter and Giacomo Picasso.